Dispatches from a current inmate in an undisclosed location in the Michigan Department of Corrections. This show is not sanctioned, approved of, or under any control of the MDOC or government at large. It is an underground movement of which you are completely complicit. If you are apprehended or questioned, you know nothing, you've seen nothing, though you've likely heard everything. Welcome to the Notes from the Pen, the stubborn pebble in the shoe of the prison industrial complex. I am your embedded, incarcerated reporter, Bobby C., a.k.a. Chino, also known former times, MC Bobby Cow. With me, I have the woman whose vagina I was pulled out of kicking and screaming some 40-plus years ago. Let's edit that part out. Not the yeah. vagina, but the age. <laughs> the saint of all saints, the producer extraordinaire, the ubiquitously loved woman of the year, Mama C. Hey! What's up? <laughs> hey! Doing good. Yeah. How was that? That was actually pretty cool. You had piqued my interest. I'm like, yeah, you go. Yeah, I was clearly bored this morning, and while I was fucking around doing <laughs> doing that, I actually should have been out here snagging, uh, doing real convict shit, snagging some uh, food from of um, of, of a subversive, subversive um, food transaction that has to take place because of the situation in here. Anyways, I thought today we would talk about, you know what? I don't even want to say that first. This is what I'm going to say first. A couple weeks ago, you, because for those of you that don't know, new to the new to the show, um, shouldn't surprise you, but prison and life in general is full of peaks and valleys. They're especially accentuated in the joint. And I've been going through a valley for the last couple months since I've come to this joint. It's been tough. A lot of upheavals and different things have been going on, but I've been slowly pulling myself out of it. The point is, the last couple months, I had I've been making just the little requisite calls, basically just to you guys, just to the just to the show, and a couple personal calls here and there. But the main thing is is staying in touch with the pebbles and keeping this this underground show, which I don't know how underground you can call it when it's listened to. And what was the most recent? 101 countries. 104, I believe. 104. Yeah, 104 countries and on Spotify. And I, but I like still like to think, especially now, now that we're uh, you're waiting on a new mixer to show up, so we're back to our old original underground, just recorded phone call, gritty, grimy stuff. I've been kind of working on myself, so I haven't been making a ton of calls, and I hadn't talked to Doug as much. I, I usually talk to Doug every two and a half days is probably the average. And um, in the meantime, he hits you up and asked... If I could, um, I want to word this carefully because this dude 
everyone knows Stan Hope is a master of comedy at the highest degree, especially Stan Hope. He's like, no one's fucking with that guy. He knows exactly what he's doing. And um, I would never um, proclaim to, to be in any position to help him with the craft that he has mastered. But he, he was, I guess he's spitballing a bit idea um, after he's done, like, recording this next special and all that stuff. He texted you and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um... But I didn't understand yeah, uh, the premise. He he kind of it was like a short thing. It was like yeah, uh, and I ended up talking to him though, and um, um, but it got me to thinking. It forced me to sit down and kind of think of the similarities and commonalities, if any, between school and prison. And there is an astounding number of parallels and and convergences that uh, that I that that I kind of was like kind of um. This like revelation montage from a movie where I'm like, Whoa. like uh, Kaiser Soze at the end of Usual Suspects when he starts, so the detective and starts looking at all the broken uh, um, mug that says Kobayashi and then all the things on the bulletin board that you could tell Kevin Spacey's character was just making up the whole time in this master class of um, deception. For those of you, yeah, everyone should have seen that. If you don't, if you haven't seen Usual Suspects, great movie, go check it out. But uh. Neither are neither really are successful in, in accomplishing the things that, that they set out to do or they claim they do. You know whether it's rehabilitation or, or true free thinking education. And if you study the history of, of our educational system in America, it's John Locke. It's based on I believe Dewey or Dewey. No, I think it's Dewey. It's Dewey. Um, and that's basically in a, in a nutshell. Let's give them enough education to become competent factory workers because this was all during the Industrial Revolution and all that stuff. So it's kind of stayed stuck there for, for, a, for a long time and, and been really stagnant and while other countries have kind of um, put more into technology. I, I don't know. It's been a while since I've been in school. So I figured we would talk about school because I have some theories on it, as you would expect, but also I don't know much about what your school life was like, Mama. And and you would agree that we talk more now than I'm in prison than we did. I mean, for, for the record, you and I were always, like, super close. But, you know, we would probably only talk once a week when I was out there in the world, no? Yeah, that's about right. So one of the benefits I'm I'm realizing, I think this might happen to everyone. I don't know if you have this with your mom and your dad, but uh, you you didn't see much of your dad after a certain age, and uh, there seems to be a pattern here with most of us in prison and stuff, something similar. But you become curious and start wondering, when you stop viewing your parents as just this title of mom and, and realize, oh, they're like fully formed people. And I want to, there's a, so prison allows me to give me opportunity to kind of like sit down on some of these things and, and want to learn more behind just the character of mom. And, uh, cause you've been such an important character in my life. So we never really got to talk about school and what your school schooling was like. And I'd like to talk about mine too, because, uh, I was, I went to school, you know, in several different states, several different county, like all over the place. I've been to a ton of different schools. And uh, not because I got kicked out of a bunch, but because I uh, moved, we moved around a lot during the military. So, um, yeah. what was your, what was your elementary school like? My elementary school um, and my junior high were both in Southwest Detroit, and the elementary school uh, was called Ninus, 
Ninus Elementary School. And for the most part, uh, it was very typical, I would, I would think. Uh, kindergarten, first grade, second, third, fourth, uh, having fun, uh, making friends. You know, school, school was a nice break from home. I, I grew up in a very dysfunctional household. So school for me was more of a, a getaway or a relief. Well, it was uh, my mother worked two jobs to support seven of us children, so there was no authority figure at home. Yeah. And I'm one, I'm the second from the youngest, so me and my younger brother Alan were very close growing up, while the older siblings were out running around uh, in the hood, <laughs> just you know, yeah. off to their own devices for the most part. Um, yeah. So and, and we were dirt poor. Um, when I say we lived in the ghetto, we lived in the ghetto. Not, For those not, of you that don't know, Southwest Detroit is like, even now, is like just gritty, grimy, run down. It's on the other side. It's not eight mile like him, and it's on the other side. And when I came here, uh, Southwest, I don't know about back then, it was probably even more so, but even still now, Detroit, you know. You have one minute remaining. But Southwest Detroit um, is known for being more ethnically mixed. So it's Asians. Latinos, Mexicans, Hispanics, uh, blacks, and whites, poor whites. And so when I'm here, when I came to prison, people was, and I knew that that's where I was. I lived in Southwest Detroit for a little while when I was younger, so that's like where I was, where I was at originally. So people, people assume that I'm from there. Um, you from Southwest? You from Southwest? That's like what I would get all the time. So I don't know if it was like that back then. I assume it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. So my. Uh... My elementary school days were, for the most part, pretty fun until I got into, like, fifth or sixth grade. And that's when things really started to change for me at school. School was no longer, like, my relief or my getaway. Thank you for using GTL. Well, um, anyway. okay, so, uh, so, oh, okay, um, so you said something, something changed in, like, fifth, what was it, fifth grade? Yeah, around fifth grade. Um well, first of all, we moved a lot. So, oh, and let me just say, let me say too, um, back then when I was young, I didn't know I was poor. Do you know what I mean? I, I knew that I didn't have things like some of the people at school did, but most of us in that neighborhood didn't have much. So, I, I, you know, I didn't know I was, I was still that like poor. That. Yeah. Kyle, uh, Kyle, his homeboy, uh, Dave's here. He's from Southwest, and you know, he calls him Sloth Southwest as fuck, which is like. It's like, uh, I used to say that there's, like, the only, like, white projects from, like, my, which I know this isn't tr is true, but for the most part is, like, um, uh, in Boston. The, is it the Eastern? There's, there's a part of uh, the Southie projects is, like, a white. It's probably more mixed now, but that Southwest Detroit's kind of like that. It's, like, um, urban, like, yeah. Kinda Eminem-y, but like more grimy, and uh, certainly, uh, certainly not known for its decadence or, or high. Looking up an area called Delray, and unless you're from that part of the city, most people don't even know what Delray but is. That's not the Delray. is not Detroit, though. Um, no, Delray is it's no, kind of like not. its own little city. It's it's a right. uh, originally was a it's lot like of Polish immigrants. Yes, it is downriver. It's where uh, a lot of the sludge plants were that supported oh, the auto industry. Oh, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I was uh, yeah. I was in a joint with a dude who was doing a, a life bit for uh, killing someone and setting them on fire, like in the middle of the road. Damn. And, uh, yeah, it's bad out there. There's a lot of, uh, um, like, uh, anyways, a lot of... Uh, yeah, so, so things change. And um, we moved a lot uh, in the city, you know. Uh, every chance my mom could, she moved a little further away from from the city, but working two jobs and raising seven kids by herself was never easy, so it took a while. Anyway, so um, when I went to junior high school, which was uh, Amelia Earhart over by Clark Park, that's when I really got eye-opener. By then, most other kids had uh, matured and grown, but not Mama C. Mama C stayed looking like a 10-year-old little boy. Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, so I got picked on a lot. School was not fun from that point forward. I, I ended up staying by myself a lot. I was pretty shy. I was considered like one of the misfits, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I got picked on a lot. And you, uh, you, you know me. Older brothers and sisters. You had older sisters. None of them were at school with you at that time. No, because the age group. By the time I went yeah. to junior high, then my older siblings entered high school. So no, I was yeah. never. Yeah, and then my younger brother had had not reached uh, junior high level yet. He was still in elementary school. So Uncle Al, my favorite. He, he yeah, said, so there's yeah. a parallel. Yeah, there's a parallel there. So I was the perpetual new kid in throughout elementary school. I just was then went to Marshall and then went to some little small one in Tennessee and then went to um, Satellite Beach, like that area. And when we moved to Florida, um, so. When when you're the prepare you see this you see a similarity in here too when you're a new kid meaning when you especially when you first come to prison they're they're so annoying dealing with the people there's one of two things happen maybe there's more but the two main categories is you come to prison and you sit back and you fucking watch you hold yourself with respect you don't do anything fucking sloppy you keep everything tight and you watch everyone um, but you're firm too you're not like shrunken shoulders and like it there's that that's much more rare that's as far as I'm giving anyone advice coming to the joint, which hopefully none of our pebbles ever have to do because they listen to this and they know better, um, that's the way to go. The other one, much more popular um, approach, is to come here and turn the volume up on your extrovertedness, turn the volume up on whatever street edge you, you may or may not have either had, have, or seen on TV, and... Um, that is the fucking most annoying one where people just go, well, blah, blah, blah. They want to have, they want to start conversations with everyone. They want to, and it's, it's so obvious that it's an overcompensation, that it comes off as desperation. And the, the, the trick is that most of the people they're doing that to, that they end up clicking up with, are also doing that same thing, right? So they're all doing some version, some heightened, playing some heightened character. Um, of themselves. So in elementary school, I sat back and watched most people when I would go to new schools. And I never was at a school. I couldn't have been at Marshall, but for a year or two, I never went to second grade there, I don't think. No, I don't think you did. Yeah. And because uh, I was in a mixed class because I kind of skipped kindergarten or whatever. So I went to a class of like first graders, um, sick brag. And then uh, we went to another. Uh, school and it was the same thing but by the time we got to satellite beach right outside of palm bay in florida i was at sea park elementary and i spent the first year doing the same thing watching now they all had been going to school together 
Um, I think I got there in fourth grade. Yeah. So by fifth grade, I started to be like, okay, I think we're going to stay here for a while. And I think I can, like, start building, like, like friendships and stuff. And um, fifth grade, first girlfriend, first kiss. Do you remember her name? No, I don't. But she was the cute little girl. So nice. Do you remember what she looked like at all? Yeah, she had uh, brownish, light brown hair, uh, light-skinned. Um, she had glasses. Oh, I don't remember that part, but her okay. Her name was Holly. Holly, Our dog's name right, was Holly, Holly, too, at the time. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was the first girl I kissed. And I don't know if we've talked about this, but back in the day, where I'm from, at least, the term straight didn't have anything to do with your gender preference or sexuality. It had to do with basically being a square, being like approved sexually, like you were too scared to kiss or hold or anything like that. And uh, I think I might have told this, but it's worth repeating because it's ridiculous. I get on the bus, and we had been dating, whatever that means in fifth grade, for like a week or two. And um, I get on the bus, and someone goes, yeah, I heard Holly said, I heard Holly said you're straight. Which now it sounds funny because of the meaning of it. And I was like, the hell I am. Got up. Well, this is kind of how I lost my virginity, too, like lying about having done it before. <laughs> and uh, I get down and I fucking march down because I sat at the back of the bus, march all the way down, down the three little steps. And everyone used to hang out right there. The bus is pulled up right up to the, the sides of uh, the. In, in Florida, a lot of the schools, the doors open outside. So they're like rows, you know? And so um, this was at the end of the, one of the rows where the fifth grade classes were. And everyone's hanging out there in their backpacks, either waiting to get on their bus or for someone to pick them up. And I just walk up. This is how it played out in my mind. I walk up to her. She's, like, talking to her friends. I grab her. She was taller than me, too, because <laughs> uh, I was also a late bloomer. Spin her around by the shoulder, grab her. I'll probably on my tippy toes. In my mind, I dipped her back and kissed her. <laughs> but it's probably me, like, leaning up, kissed her. Didn't say a word to her. Kissed her. Let her go turn around, walked up, and there was a new man entering that bus. I'll tell you that right fucking now. <laughs> yeah, I was a new man. I was sprouted a pube in that moment, and I marched back, and I, my homeboy that I that said that to me was just mouth hanging open, like, <gasps> and I was like, you goddamn right, son. Now tell me if you need any advice on the ladies. Right? And then, uh, so that, so I peaked. Possibly, I thought, I. there was a time when I went to junior high, because we moved, and instead of going to junior high with all that we had moved again, and instead of going to junior high with all the kids that I would have that would have been going to starting to junior high with me, because we we moved between, like right after sixth grade, which is the end of the elementary school year, went out to Palm Bay and was brand new. Was I look young for my age even now? But back then, holy Christ, I was so short and skinny, and. Um, I remember uh, uh, the grades were seven through ninth, and I remember a ninth grade girl that was like, help, we were going there on orientation day or something, going, oh my God, he's so cute, but like very like <laughs> like little kiddish cute. And I remember being, it was a blonde cheerleader type. I was like, I remember thinking, shut up, you know, you're lucky you're not standing outside of a bus right now, because I might just stroll out here, pull up a step stool, and lay one on you. But um, so yeah, so I hit a really, I also get a downward spiral around that time when I was in, in junior high because I was doing the rebuild thing again all over again. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, 
Yeah, it's not easy when you when you move a lot and have to go to new schools often. So. Well, let let me say this. I like how we're talking about education, and none of it has to do with education. Because for me, for me, school. This is like a movie. Do you remember? You, and, and this sounds silly saying because how do you get straight A's in kindergarten? They probably don't even do that anymore. But you remember my first year in school? I did really well. I got straight A's and was on the honor roll and and would come for. You remember that? Oh yeah, I even got pictures of you uh, in your little uh, vest and, and suit pant coat and short sleeve sure. shirt and little tie and walking up getting a, a you know a, an honor from the principal. Um, but in military schools, when you start kindergarten, you get tested. They want to make sure you know your numbers. Your you know like up to ten, your basic shapes and colors and that sort of thing. Well, you tested so well. Um, that the teacher said, no, he's, he's, he's got at least first grade level. We're going to put him in a first grade class. So you skipped kindergarten altogether. Which so I was the youngest my whole school career. Yeah. the youngest person in my whole, and like the, everyone in my grade, I was either first or second youngest. So I graduated as the second youngest. Yeah, so you, not only were you looking young for your age, you were in a, an age group a year older than you, too. So I'm sure that didn't yeah. help. Which I wish it was the other way around because confidence was. But you know what I'm realizing now? Um, I didn't literally, you would think like, maybe this had to be like a form of like um, compartmentalizing and bearing avoidance and shit. But you know what also happened around the time I stopped giving a shit about getting grades in school and more, and it shifted to like social fuck around time? Hmm. I went on a quest to save the princess. Oh, and then, yeah. at, like, who I was that like I was on a trajectory possibly of being like the prototypical nerdy, overachieving Asian kid. Uh, <laughs> that's what my early schooling would suggest. Anyways, for, for me, school was after after those for that first little year of like acing a bunch of shit and doing well and being like a oh my god you got but I remember it like this. I got the adulation, uh, adulation from um, doing well and was kind of like, okay, all right, I got that. That's done. Now, like, but what about all these, like, cute little girls around and, like, let's be, like, I want to be a cool guy. And that, that and it kind of shifted to that. Was school about education for you? Not at all. Um, That's in, in, yeah, no, not, not at all. I, uh, Detroit Public Schools. You have one minute remaining. No, are not the best. Notoriously yeah. terrible. Like, yes, they are. Uh, the 23-year-old actually had, and like her, uh, would like um, help like tutor kids. I think she still might. And, and it's ridiculous. I can't. I mean, you can be in high school and not even be able to read. There, it's it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, it wasn't for me either. Uh, so how, what, what did, uh, who were you hanging out with? And so what did you, in Southwest, did you go from elementary to end at fifth grade and then go to, was there junior high or middle school? Which one was it? It was junior high and it was seventh, eighth and ninth grade. Yeah. Um, so my friend was Vicki McDonald. I'll never forget. Um, she was a misfit like me. She was, uh, Overweight, had frizzy hair, and, and picked on a lot. So the two of us were, like, inseparable. Yeah, so she was my friend, and we hung out together. And that's when we started getting into, like, cool music. We didn't hang Thank out. you for using GTL. All right. Hey, that was weird. Did you just try and call? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, all right. So, uh, so did did that? Did you hang out with her? What was her name again? Vicky McDonald. Yes. So we hang out a lot together, and that's when we. Let me just say too that not only was I physically immature for my age, I was emotionally and mentally immature for my age, and she was just the opposite. She was an only child, and she was well read. Um, She. I uh, had a sense of um, individuality about her that drew me towards her. I liked, I, you know, I liked yeah. that. Anyway, so. Confidence in herself? <clears throat> um, yeah, she was no. insecure. Well, she was insecure like me, and I think that was our bond. So we kind of yeah. were struggling with that. But, but she was smart. Yeah, she was well-read. She liked um, things that were different and odd, and so did so did I so that's when that's when we first started getting into the different music staying away from like the pop stuff and coming into our own self yeah um and then so still education wise uh in Detroit and then we moved to the suburbs and oh my god what a totally different world I went I went from uh school being like a hangout and daycare to the suburbs where you actually had to learn something it was a real struggle for me academically because I was really far behind everybody else. And that's when I realized that, oh, you're supposed to, like, learn something. <laughs> you need to learn something right. in school. <laughs> it was totally different. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't – I wasn't into any of that uh, stuff. I would kind of coast on uh, just enough. Um, I would get – I was, like, an average student, though, like, season B. There was one time in junior high – I guess they start documenting, like, on your permanent record from 9th through 12th, right, so your GPA and all that stuff. In 8th grade, Nick G, Kevin, and me all were, like, got into, a, like, a shit-talking thing about who could get the best grades. And so for one semester, I tried about 90%. I tried, like, 85 90%. I got all A's and two B's, and um, and I think Nick got all A's. Well, Nick tried a lot harder than – and Kevin, both of them tried more than, than I did at school – Period. They lived in the nicer Lockmar area neighborhood. Uh, I was from what they didn't know. I was from a multi-generational uh, family of slackers, and uh, I'm now learning. And so, uh, yeah, I got the good grades the semester before it counts, and then never again. And so shitty were my, or so mediocre were my grades that when I graduated high school, when you go up and do the thing where they give you the diploma, there's not actually a diploma in there. You, I mean, at least not back then it wasn't you would have to go and because it's an official document you would have to go get it afterwards it was like a show thing it was like a case and it was empty um, or had a mock one and then you'd go get the real one I literally thought that I didn't graduate technically and they were just going to let me walk so it like it's not to embarrass me and I would get back and there'd be like a couple classes I still had to finish in like summer school or something but my teachers I believe pushed me through because in Florida Excuse me. At the time, you would fail due to absences, FA, if you missed nine days in a semester. And some classes, I would just totally blow off, especially the ones where you, you could go to lunch with other people. That's another thing. You would have different lunches based on what class you were in. So the lunch schedule and the lunch room and everything in school is just like prison. And so I would hang out in the lunch rooms and miss classes. And... um so after hitting my super slump in junior high, I started making, because I moved to a new place, making traction. And by the time I went to high school, I had my little group of friends. Kevin, who has been in, like, bands and, and music, was my best friend for a while. And Nick G. 
And then the rest of the friends, like from the neighborhood, were like a year younger or whatever. So, so we were building like a good friend group, and I ended up leaving because I met another group of people. What up? Yeah. Sorry, someone's talking to me. Um, and uh, so yeah, so I I went to another school. Do you remember this? I went to Melbourne High School for one semester. Yeah, I do now. Do you yeah. remember? Yeah. Do you remember what happened? No. No. I got, I was just on straight bullshit there and got into a fight. Well, my homeboy got into a fight and was kind of losing. So like a true dirtbag, I wasn't going to let that happen. Um, Johnny, little Mexican dude who was on the wrestling team, was fighting with like surfer kid and he got to lose. And I'm like, no friend of mine or no one. I'm, it's like, this is straight like prison shit. I'm just like fucking realizing how much of it's the same. And so I'm like, no, I can't be walking around. You're not going to whoop on this. So I, I helped them. And then it became a whole thing and almost turned into turf war. And I was hanging out with, like, some real thugs at the time. So I was straight. Nothing was going to happen to me. But we got, I got pulled into the dean's office and was like, yeah, your grades are terrible. You're on board. Like, we're going to expel you. And I was like, listen, it was the end of the semester. The timing was, I guess, perfect. <laughs> I was like, listen, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm not going to your shitty school anymore after this semester. And he's like, well, then I'm not going to expel you, but you better not be back here next semester. And then I went back to Palm Bay High School, which is where everyone I grew up with. And in the meantime, in that semester between the summer before and then that first semester, I grew like oh my gosh, grew yes. four, five or six inches. And I know. When I, came, when I came back, this is a good strategic thing, not academically, but I guess socially, go to a new school, grow a bunch, and then come back. And then... Uh, and then I was like, it was on. And then the rest of my school was just nonsense. It was just me partying. I had a fake ID. We'd go to clubs and drink and and all that shit. And I was hanging out with like the popularish kids. Like I wasn't smoking weed or anything at that time. Um, and I had dabbled, but it wasn't like my thing. You know, I wasn't like a stoner or anything. And yeah, so that that was kind of the rest of uh, my high school thing. I wanted to ask you this though, because this is a strange thing for me. As much as I've, like, abandoned, like, the need to impress people or care what people think and all that, I have this weird lingering vulnerability, need to impress, like, almost like stunted emotional growth when it comes to the friend group from high school, junior high and high school. You don't have that? No, I never really had any friends in junior high. I guess that's the saddest statement in the world. Oh, no, Uh, Vicky? Wasn't it Nikki? Vicky? Yeah. Vicky? Well, Well, and then in high school, I I had two other friends, uh, Nancy and Diane, and that was it. That's it. Yeah, they were cool, though. They were like punk rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as I've, like, intellectually written all that stuff off like man fuck that shit there were a bunch of lanes anyway blah, blah blah there's still this little part of me that won't die that's like i can't wait to go back to my uh high school my 30 year or whatever it is i don't even think there is a 30 year one i think it's like 40 i don't know what it is uh go back there and shit on everyone who thought you know what i mean and it's so stupid and it's so out of context or character for and, and i don't so i've been trying to figure out what it is and this is like, why do I still care about what any of these people think? Like, I don't care about what people I've met, be- like, since then think at all, you know? Right. Um, this is what I think it is. They're this one. So when you leave high school 
and you start your life. Um, even if you even if you stay in the same town, as long as you're unless you're like in a really small town, you can kind of reinvent yourself, and you can kind of start over, and you can kind of take the lessons you've learned, and 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 like you kind of start from scratch and develop a new version of yourself, right? And and some people can bullshit, and there'll be this other thing, and leave behind the nerd or the job, whatever it is. But I think that that has a, a hold because those are the same, those are the only group of people outside of your family that watched you grow up that almost know the real you that saw you from a young age to an older age and so whether or not you're an executive um, of the biggest electrical company in in, in Florida or you're a janitor you're always going to be you know Kevin who pissed himself in the gym class or whatever it is to the people you went to school with you know yeah. there's there's a sort of uh, a knowledge of the person um beyond that's deep that's deeper than just average everyday life that goes on after that's the only thing i can think of sounds reasonable to me i wonder if anyone else any of the other pebbles kind of experienced that they kind of have um kind of have that tie to it that oh i feel like i could become incredibly famous and be be working on TV shows and stuff, and still there'd be a part of me that'd want to find an opportunity where I get to, like, flex in front of people from high school. Because I also think that a lot of them are like, oh, yeah, look what happened to old Bobby. He's a fucking loser, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like it's like I always have this, like, 17-year-old or maybe younger, probably 15-year-old view of that whole, like, friend group and, like, the girls I used to mess with and this guy did this to me and we were cool with it. Because we were part of the friend, uh, the popular kids, but within that group, the subgenre in high school was kind of like the ridiculous kids who would, like, do crazy shit and fuck around and, like, you know, go running naked or do you know, shit like that. I don't know. There's just this weird, I can't quite figure it out, but that's all school was for me. And, and, and uh, talking to like the 23 year old, his school for her was very much education. And this is what you have to do. And it's a stepping stone. And then you get to this place and then you're going to do that. And then you'll go to hire it. For me, it was, yeah, like, let's party, man. And, and it, it really makes me wonder because I am naturally on my own into intellectual stuff. Like I, I love philosophy now that I'm in college and I get to JP with professors or when I go to class and talk to them, I'm a fucking nerd. Like I know the other <laughs> kids. I know the other kids and they are like, Jesus. I mean, I don't go out and yeah. Like I'm writing messages to the philosophy professor who I'm taking a world religion class and I'm asking him about stuff like, you know, Schopenhauer and stuff. And he's going, yeah, well we kind of have to stick to this. <laughs> <laughs> like the subject matter of the class. And so I guess what I'm saying is if, if, if someone like me has that natural tendency towards some academic stuff, where could we have improved? Where could the school system have improved, much like the prison system needs improving in society as a whole, to kind of harness that? Because I didn't, even me with, who loves, naturally loves that type of stuff, um, couldn't, uh, couldn't get into it when I was in school. And I had a lot of do you think was I? You think I was a? I got in trouble a lot in school. I don't think I got in trouble a lot. Uh, like well, from my perspective, teachers. Yeah, from my perspective, uh, you didn't. But I 
I grew up in um, in a school environment where that stuff was normal. <laughs> you know, I remember one time a teacher or a, a kid, in, and this was, I was like in fourth grade. A kid went up when the teacher was uh, away from the desk and put tacks on his seat so that when he would sit down, he would you sit did? on the No, another kid in my class. Oh. Not oh. me. No, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, right. and, and he got in trouble, and, and to me, that kind of stuff was, that mischief stuff was normal growing up. So when you would get That's in trouble... That's what I was doing in school, just that you, stuff. And I had yeah. a problem with authority. Yes, you did. Yeah, well, you would, que- you would question them. I remember, I think you were in, like, fourth grade or something. You had that teacher that accused you of lying when he was... Fifth grade, he was, Mr. McGovern, yeah. and he had a weird pinky finger, remember? Yeah, and he, he had like an extra pinky finger or something. And he was the one that was lying. And so I remember going to the school and pretty much telling him that, uh, look, you're yeah, the I one remember. You, I called him out. You, you, you did. And he was like, he ate his, his, his sandwich as he should have. And um, Hurricane Judy was born that day. And so oh, <laughs> Hurricane Judy was born when you had to come into school for my first fight in, in kindergarten. Oh, yeah. that I think that was one that made me Hurricane Judy. I brought you up to be like, if somebody does something bad to you, you know, you have you don't, one minute remaining. You right, really don't it, want to react it, with fighting. You want to it, talk to them and blah, 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 blah. And, and then when that happened, I was like, oh, no, hell no, you, you fight back. You said that to me in front of him. So my face is all bloody and right. I was all scratched up and stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you feel threatened, you take care of yourself. Yeah. All right. So listen, we're going to try to, I'll try to hit back sometime and we can wrap this up or we can wrap this up right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but just in case then on behalf of me, the uh, American public school system, Mama C and everyone else involved, Vicky, Ricky, Johnny, Bobby, Ricky, Mike, um, and everyone else involved and all the pebbles. Let us hear. I want to hear what, uh, what high school is like for you guys. And uh, on that note, we love you. And we, uh, well, we done. thank you for using GTL. Oh my God, that was perfect. This is funny. Hi, everybody. Mama C here. For the complete library, full episodes, and bonus content, and mainly to support this cause, visit Notes from the Pen on Patreon. To learn more about body and prison reform, visit our website, notesfromthepen.com. And follow us on Twitter to stay current. This has been another Notes from the Pen production.